I am a huge advocate of going with any crazy idea you might possibly have. So if you think you might want to write a book about a badger climbing a tree in a post-industrial revolutionized world, I say go for it. This is a case for me. I had an idea for a small YouTube podcast that I would broadcast via shorts, 60 seconds or less. I called it 58 Seconds of Curiosomeness. And I have some really amazing guests lined up for you because of that weird idea that I just immediately started acting on and reaching out to a bunch of famous, beloved authors of mine. The first off is none other than Anthony Horowitz. He's written some acclaimed James Bond novels. He has written a handful of amazing murder mysteries. And he is my first guest again, which you'll hear next, followed by my podcast with DJ Bowman Smith. What a wonderful conversation I had with her. I hope to speak with her again. You will love my discussion with DJ Bowman Smith, directly following my 58 Seconds of Curiosomeness with Anthony Horowitz. Hey, I'm the Reluctant Book Marketer, and I've got just one question for you. Do you see your novel as a million-dollar asset? Because if you don't, and you want to, you're in the right place. This is the only show for novelists who want to shift their mindset away from fear and toward abundance. Because you can sell more books than you ever dreamed when you believe in what you're doing. Well, as promised, I'm not going to waste even a second of your time. So I'm just going to jump right in with this zany question I, I had on Twitter that we had a fun conversation with. And uh, it is, if the three Rice Krispie gnomes got a hold of your most recent manuscript, who would enjoy reading it most? Snap, crackle, or pop? And why? That is by far the zaniest question I have ever been asked in 40 years as a professional writer. <laughs> oh, However, true. here is my answer to it. Carefully considered. Snap would enjoy it because it's a story about a detective, Hawthorne, and myself, the narrator, and we are the perfect team. So as in the game of Snap, we are a pair. So that's him. Crackle would like it because I think I'd like to say the book is crackling with humour and with mystery and suspense. So I think that would appeal to Crackle. But Pop would perhaps like it the most because the book begins with somebody popping off, which is to say the book is about a theatre critic who gives my book a bad review, my play a bad review, sorry, and then gets murdered. So she pops off and that would appeal to Pop. Your question, which one of them would enjoy it the most? <laughs> I think they'd enjoy it equally, but they, none of them would enjoy it as much as another character out of a cereal packet. And that, you may remember, is Tony, the lion from Frosty's, who used to say, they're great. And so I think <laughs> he would like it even more than them. Wow, that is amazing. That is so much more than I could have asked for. So <laughs> that's amazing. And you've got a little bit of cosmic justice there with the person who unfortunately did not have a good end for that bad review. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Alrighty, so uh, like so many of my guests, you and I met on Twitter uh, and had an interaction where I think I sent a basically a cold pitch to listen to my podcast. Is that right? 
Yeah, that's right. I saw that. I read it through and I made a little note. I keep a notebook with all things audio. I have a blue book for audio stuff. And I thought, hmm, I'm going to get back to him later, um, which is what I did. And I thought, because we both have a podcast, um, yours is marketing, mine's the Words and Pictures podcast, which is a new one. And, uh, and I thought, yes, we should have a little chat because I think we've been in the whole author space marketing for quite some time, Jody. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, one the place I want to start this conversation, because you mentioned having done it for quite some time, is why do you think so many authors are so reluctant to market their books? I think it's, I, I do believe that a lot of people think that success with writing will come simply because they've written something and they're going to put it out there. And I think we're, a lot of people are in this strange kind of mindset thing and I have a lovely friend who's a, who's writing now and I can't persuade her to get on social media even though she hasn't finished her book mm. I'm always like get on it now talk about it yeah. begin begin the process because it's a very long process and what I believe is we've been sold this story this fairy tale that we're going to write something and they will come it will be beautiful and people will love it and we will become you know wealthy and famous and we'll write our next book and and so it will go on and and that isn't the case the case is you write somebody something anything and it doesn't matter whether it's a children's work or fiction or non-fiction or anything that you write and then nobody comes because nobody knows it's there unless yeah. you tell them and you yes. have to tell them and you have to tell them in multiple ways yes. otherwise it's just going to sit there and yes. you have to be brave. You have to go, hey. And also for me, I'm an English lady, as you can hear from my accent. You know, we're all rather quiet. You know, so for me to stand up and go, you know, here I am rattling my own, you know, I'm waving my hand. I know this is audio yeah. only, but I'm waving my hand like I'm rattling something. Um, you know, we, we need to get up and say, you know, this is what I've done and be proud of it and say, this is what I've done. I'm proud of it. This is good writing. This is a good story or whatever it is. And and own it and feel confident. That's what yeah. people lack, confidence, I think, Jody, really. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, I'm, I'm blown away. That's, you're absolutely right that a lot of it comes down to, um, at the same time that we believe somewhere inside of us that we've written a great book, I think there's, there is this sense of hesitance, like maybe, maybe my opinion is too generous of myself. At the same time, we're our own worst critics. I think we're our worst critics in that we sort of love what we do too. And so you get this weird self-talk that starts to happen where you're excited about the book. You've spent so much time with it. You know, every twist and turn, and you've almost created like overexposure to your own work and then you doubt is it really any good is that that twist that i did i hide it well enough but did i also telegraph it is it delightful enough or or am i just too in love with myself and it's, so you have this awful conversation at least i do um yeah I, th I think we have we have this modesty thing we're taught to be modest pleasant people and yeah. unfortunately the advertising world is you've got to go out and be well not unpleasant you know, pleasantness is always there, but yeah. but you've got to go out and say, actually, you know what? I'm putting this imposter syndrome under the bed in the dark because I really don't need it, and I have to yeah. say, this is me. You know, and and actually, I think that's very hard for a lot of people, and it's yeah. particularly hard. I was listening to your podcast, your most recent one, and you were saying how it was. It's very important that you get on this marketing, whether you've published or not. Get on it because it's a long long haul and you need to do that and and that's you know one of the things that we know as authors when if you've been in the author space for a long time I mean I've been writing 
15 20 years you know i've been published yeah. 10 and and it still goes on you know i'm still here saying this is my book only in recent years i'm more used to saying this is my book and actually it's pretty good yeah <laughs> i love that which i think is a difference you use the term because i'm older i just don't care anymore yeah. jody that's you know, hey that's you know if it takes if it takes age at least at least you got there because caring almost it like sabotages us to care so deeply is part of what gets in the way and um i think that there are people who believe that i'm a little bit crass with my strategy because i i will talk about the book being an asset. Think of your book like an asset. It exists exactly. as a piece of property that can pay you money for the rest of your life. And that's the definition of an asset. And if you can think of it that way, sometimes it helps you emotionally step aside and start to do what you need to do to make it a producing asset. Um, I, I'm really interested. You use the term uh, imposter syndrome. And it's not something that I've talked a ton about on my podcast because I have a strange relationship with imposter syndrome. I don't know that I've shared it publicly before, but Part of it is it always exists. Like you said, you've been marketing, writing for, for 15, 20 years. You've published 10 times. You still feel like an imposter and a fraud sometimes. Um, I've been writing for 15 or 20 years as well, but I have not yet published outside of like literary journals and magazines, partly because I want to wait to go through this sort of traditional path that I've always idealized. Um, and I do struggle with that. I know I'm going on, but my, my, my feeling here is that you have no reason to feel like an imposter because you've already done. I have every reason to feel like an imposter because I have not yet done. And so it feels like our journey to overcome the hesitance that exists because of that is different. Can you talk yes, about that I think a little bit? I think everybody's journey is different. Yeah. I, I, th I think that the imposter syndrome is, oh, and, and this is being a bit, a bit, you know, generalized, but I think the, the problem with the imposter syndrome is a lot of people feel that um, women suffer from it particularly much, you know, and, and particularly, I think a lot of women my age, we, we were grown up, you know, raised to be, you know, polite and kind and sensible and, you know, not to put yourself out out there. And, and I think, so you kind of think that everything you do is, oh, you know, it's okay, but it's not great. You know, people shouldn't love it like you do. And you, you mm. feel like you're not worthy. Whereas mm. I look at my own daughters who are grown up ladies now, probably about your age, Jodie, and they, they, they're delightful. And they're so much more confident because they've been raised to say, yeah, I can do this. I can do anything that anybody else can do. And I, I you know, with a bit of effort, I'm happy to do it. And I, and I think if we can just put aside those feelings of doubt, and believe that we're worthy of the success that that we can go out and get i think you know i think that's really worthy i'd like yeah. to just circle back on something that you said earlier yeah about uh, you know owning your intellectual property and, and i think sometimes when we're writers we kind of think of a book and we think well there's a book and that's what i've got to sell but mm. i i i'm very much in the mindset of um understanding that I'm a writer and the writer is what I sell. I sell me, DJ Beautiful. Smith, as Beautiful. a writer. Beautiful. And I can do many things as this persona. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, I write for magazines, you yep. know, I, I write a blog post, you know, I write for children under another name. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I do lots of things and I'm doing my audio books for my, my work at the moment that I've got out. And I think you don't have to put yourself in a box and it's just like having yeah. multiple things within your within your writing 
uh, that you within the writing that you produce so you might have an ebook which everybody started with and then you think well actually i can do paper because print on demand actually works now and then you think mm -hmm. well actually i can also do a hardback and now most of us are now thinking you know what i could do this audio and you know what yeah. i could record it myself and mm -hmm. i'm now i'm like you know what i'm going to start a podcast yeah, <laughs> and so it yeah. goes on and i think you have to look at it as a multiple thing it doesn't have mm -hmm. to be if you you can call yourself a writer or an artist i think you can make a living from the many aspects of that and it doesn't have to be just this one thing and i think right. sometimes this thing that people have with books is they think oh i'm going to write a book i'm going to be traditionally published i'm going to make mm -hmm. some money and mm -hmm. then they think that's it but actually you can do so much more you know i mean i would encourage you to self-publish obviously Jody. yeah oh i know um yeah I hear <laughs> you need you. any help with that just get on the phone to me i know yeah. all about it <laughs> so i am i am in the middle of kind of an interesting thing and i love that you bring that whole journey up because it is absolutely true i was late coming to the realization i have a good friend uh jp who self-published a couple of his books and i've seen i've seen his delight at having those books out in the world and um, what, what, what you realize is if you self-publish, you have to do uh, the same amount of hustle to get the book in front of exactly. readers as if you traditionally exactly. publish. Yeah. Um, so I am going to be self-publishing my business book on marketing because it makes a lot of sense. I have the expertise and it gives me the opportunity to get out in the community and, and like physically put a book in people's hands. And so that's exciting for me. In time, it's going to come out sooner than my novel. Um, but one of the things that I've been thinking about is that at least in the American system, I don't have access to the universities unless I'm traditionally published. It's like this key that they can hold up against me that I can't get in there, get invitations. I can't get government money to go speak anywhere or any kind of official invitation unless I have a traditionally published book. And so I'm going to hold out on the novel to be traditionally published at least once to say, hey, I did it your way. Now I get to come in and I get to talk with your students because you have completely abandoned your responsibility to your students. You're not teaching them how to market their book. You're not teaching them how to sell their book. You teach them how to write very, very thin razor of what writing even is, and then send them out into the world with $150,000 of debt and no plan as to how to be a professional. Yes. And it's, it's about the professionalism of it all, I think yes. as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think the trouble with it is, you know, you, you, you know, like you say, you see the trouble with the traditionally published thing you know a bit you know like you say your american government thinks you have to have this this pass this mm -hmm. traditional pass in order to do what you want to do with it um i i think that'll change i you know because it because it has to because i think there's more um indie authors now than there are traditionally published authors you know where, where we are and, and i think we have the the majority of market sales i haven't got the figures but i have yeah. got them for an art an article i was pitching in a writing magazine last yeah. week i should have brought them up um because it's it's important to understand that you know we can write and we can do it ourselves mm -hmm. you know we, we don't have to pass any gatekeepers or yeah have somebody else tell us whether we can or whether we can't or whether we should or whether we shouldn't but you're really true whichever way you get published the truth is you have got to do the hustle yes. there's no there's no magic formula no. you know i've got a friend who's traditionally published and really she's still doing all the things that i'm doing 
Yes. You know, all on of social them. The, media and yeah. Yeah. The publisher, the publisher at this point, unless you're a top 1% author like Stephen King, which I mentioned on this podcast way too much, but unless you're him, they're not doing the marketing for you. You're doing the marketing for you. And yeah. it's difficult for authors to hear in a traditionally published uh, situation that the advance they give you, it's, it's an advance on copies sold. And that exactly. means that you need to, you need to sell those copies in order to have that money. And so they're expecting you to spend whatever your advance is, probably meager, probably less than 5,000 to go out and market the book. They want you to advertise with that $5,000, not buy a new car, which I think I've, I've asked that question on Twitter before and said, um, you know, what do you do with your advance? And I would say the shocking number of people want to put a down payment on a house, buy a car, go on a vacation. And you're like, yeah. no, now is not the time to vacation. Now's the time to step up everything you've been doing by a hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, th so, I think it's uh, so. What was your what's your background, Jody? Did you did you do marketing at university and then move on and, and yeah. work for companies in industry and things like that doing marketing? Yeah. So my my passion for marketing is because I went through the school system. I got my bachelor of fine arts in creative writing, and then I got my master of fine arts in creative writing. So I left the system with one hundred thirty eight thousand dollars in debt and no idea how to be a professional. Um, Thankfully, on the other side of it, I had a really good friend, uh, and I've told this story elsewhere, and it's your podcast, so it'll just be a very truncated version, but uh, I was working a concert venue, and uh, I was manning the pizza table, and I loved the pepperoni pizza, or the sausage pizza, and so I sold the heck out of it, and he worked for a company that did marketing, and he said, if you can sell pizza that well, you need to come work for me, and so it started a career in sales and marketing for me. Um, I think that's a book title. That's got to be a book title, hasn't it? If you can sell pizza this well, what for me? That's absolutely, I think you've nailed it right there. Yeah. So that was a, a great experience. Uh, I am interested too about your background because you have, you have a very well uh, spoken philosophy for your marketing. So I'm interested to hear how you got here and, and you know, what, your, what your deep passion is for other writers to know. Oh, well, I, I think I've got here by trial and absolute error, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I think when I, when I started, I, you know, you could sell books on Twitter then, you know, mm -hmm. and, and if yep. you had a bit of, bit of artwork and it looked okay and on, on you went. But of course, things have become, you know, the space has become fuller. There's more of us now. So you, I think you've really got to get out there. I think my philosophy is turn up. And, mm -hmm. and by that, I mean, you know, it's no good thinking, oh, well, I put a couple of tweets out last week and nothing happened. Well, I'm sorry, but you've, you've got to turn up. So, you know, you need to pick your social media platforms that you think will work for your genre, for your book or whatever it is you're writing or whatever it is you're selling, to be honest, and yeah. and get on there and, and, and not you don't need to go on there every five minutes, but you definitely need to to put something up on social media. I would say. I think the magic number is three. I think mm. you need to do something in the morning, something in midday, mid-afternoon, and something in the early evening. Yeah. If you're around late at night, stick another one on, why not? And if it becomes a trial, um, or you think it's a bit of a, a bit of a nuisance, you, you just have to get over yourself because it's part of what you need to do. So I would say you need to turn up. The other thing is you need to turn up. And I was listening to your podcast, you see, and you were saying about somebody who was very rude to you because you'd, you'd cold called them. Yep. I mean, I cold call like yourself to ask people onto my podcast and yeah. things like that, different things. Yep. And of course, because I write magazine articles, I cold call people all the time. I write them, yeah. write them, pitch them things. So I've kind of got used to it. Yeah. And I think you've just got to say, you know what, 
I can, I will. And so I will move on and I will just mm. ask because it doesn't hurt to ask. Sometimes people will spit in your eye, Jodie, yeah. because they're idiots. But, but I yeah. think if you're nice and you're polite, um, then that, that's all you can be. And you've got a good idea and you believe in it. So go for it. But yeah. also other people will come into your space and offer you something, you know, like you've invited me very kindly on your marketing podcast this evening. And, and that's great because if you just spread a bit of love, mm. oddly enough, it's, it's surprising how much will come back to you. I mean, the podcast I do, it's, it's great. I've loved talking to other people. Yeah. It's, it's just been fascinating and I've loved promoting them through it. Yeah. And, and it's, it's not about me. It's just about them. And that's fine because it all comes around. And I yeah. think that's what I'd say. Turn up and help everybody else because in the long run, they'll help you along the way as well. And that's what makes the world go around. I will, I will be the first person to confess that when I started my podcast, I started out with the hope of, of getting some visibility. I wanted people to know who I was. And that's still really important to me. Um, but I found lately that people will pitch me to be on the show and they even have large followings and they'll be like, I'd love to promote my book on your show. And whereas I used to have thought like, Ooh, big guests, really great opportunity. I get back and I'm like, Hey, let's do a proper pitch. Who, 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 who can you help? Cause my audience expects some help right now. How can you help them? I'm not going to sell your book to my audience. And I started realizing at that moment, there had been a change that happened in me where I cared about the product I was putting out because okay. I knew that the people listening were, were like, they're on this journey with us. And so what a beautiful opportunity to be very, very jealous of what I feed to them and what I give to them. Um, and, and that's been a, a great turnaround. And it, it's everything that you said when you, when you're here to give, something amazing happens. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. And I think it's because my, my podcast is called The Old Words and Pictures. And because I'm looking at, um, because I'm also an artist, and I look at, I look at the, um, obviously the words that we're selling, but also you need a lot of image, especially in today's image heavy world. Yeah. And, and I don't mean just illustrations in a book or, you know, the illustrations that you would use you know, to you know, within your social media posts, so there's an awful lot of visual stuff out there. So you know, the pictures that we need are very important, and I always try and get yeah. the get the the writer to talk to me about what they use, even if they go, oh, "Well, I I don't I don't do any of that," and I go, "Yeah, well, yeah, but you still had to choose it, you still had to commission it. You know mm -hmm. what happened, and once I draw that out of them, that's actually really useful because a lot of people don't always know." how that hangs together and, and yeah. that's all part of the marketing thing you know, yeah. it's 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 part of it yeah definitely well so it's it's a partly my fault because i did i i had some technology glitches and we we didn't get on to this podcast as quickly as i would have wanted but i've got to wrap up for this conversation it feels to me like we have some unfinished discussion so we can talk about that offline a little bit and see if we want to do a part two at some point but right sure. now I would love for you to let my audience know where they can find anything that you've written, how to listen to your podcast and anything else. Oh, sure. Well, you can find the Words and Pictures podcast in all podcasty places. You can find <laughs> me. I'm DJ Bowman Smith at www.djbowmansmith.com. And I'm also the children's author, Tiger Molly. You stick that in the Google, you'll find me. <laughs> Perfect. So, That's yeah. Excellent. So hopefully we'll have another another chat, Jody. It's been really interesting. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And come on to the Words and Pictures. We'll have a chat there. Yeah, and thanks for having to. me. Yeah, thanks, DJ. Bye-bye, love. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, do me a big favor right now. Click on the follow button in whatever podcast app you're listening on. That way you'll get notifications every time I drop a new episode. And if you still can't get enough, you can go to the show notes, click the link for my newsletter, and sign up today. I'll give you one to two interesting pieces of content every single month that you won't hear on the podcast or find laying around on the internet.